Hello there, friend. Welcome to episode number 79 of Jesus Smart, the podcast. And I am excited, motivated, exhorted, and inspired, okay, to bring to you today's conversation with Dr. Lewis F. Kayaton. This is a two-parter. You're going to want to hear both parts. I'm telling you, I'm a big advocate of kingdom, kingdom concepts, and kingdom application. And there is some kingdom gold nuggets here in this conversation. You're also going to hear about his wonderful testimony of being cancer-free after a bout with major cancer. He attributes it to faith and to the prayers of the saints on his behalf. You'll hear actually more about that testimony in the second part of the conversation. But the first part, you're going to hear some groundwork, some foundational ideas, which position us to experience these kinds of miracles, these kinds of manifestations of kingdom reality. And we call it in this conversation, we kind of coined a phrase, kingdom craftsmanship. We become an apprentice of Jesus Christ, and so thus we become an apprentice of the kingdom. And you'll hear Dr. Kayaton, he'll advocate for the priority of developing a deep love relationship with the King, King Jesus. But from that, out of that priority of seeking first the King, comes seeking the kingdom, and we actually develop as an apprentice of the kingdom. And we develop a working knowledge, a craftsmanship, if you will, a kingdom craftsmanship to operate in Jesus' world, in the realm of Jesus. It's all available. Do you want it? How far do you want to go? You can be a 10,000 percenter. We talk about that, being a hundredfold kingdom person, a 10,000 percenter in the kingdom over the course of these two parts. So get ready. You're going to want to share this. Don't hoard this information, this revelation. Share it with those you know can benefit from it. Pass it along. And now here's a conversation. I really enjoyed it. Dr. Lewis F. Kayaton. We sat outside a beautiful day in northern Ohio, Midwest part of the United States for international listeners. Enjoy. Okay, I am really, really motivated to be here today with Pastor Lewis F. Kayaton in this episode. I'm not even sure what episode it is. I think it's 79 maybe. Um, but Pastor Louis is going to be known to a lot of you. He's well known to me, to my wife, Penny. Pastor Kayaton, you were very um, extremely instrumental earlier in our lives, a foundational season. Call it like sovereign foundations, right? Yeah. In our, in our lives, we came up through your youth group. We, you married us. You counseled us. I still remember the marital counseling and some, some key points you brought. And you married a lot of people. A lot Absolutely. of people trace their marriages back to you. Um, but yeah, youth group pastors, and then you became the pastor of, was it Christian Assembly at the time? It was Christian Assembly of God. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. An AG church, and then the name was changed to Church on the North Coast, now in four four locations, right? That's Lorraine, correct. of course, is the flagship church. Yes, Lorraine. And what are the other three? Avon? Uh, Avon Lake. Avon uh, Lake. Wycliffe. Wycliffe. And Valley View. And Valley View. And um, Pastor Louis is sort of retired now. We'll call him quasi-retired because he's in what we could call the convergence phase of his life, <laughs> okay? You know about this conversation, don't you, Pastor Louis? This professor out in Fuller who talks about, he studied leaders, 
current and historical, and he's discovered five or six major phases in their lives. And the Sovereign Foundations phase, which I referred to early, you were right there with a lot of us. There was a great, a great group of people that came up through that time, but you're definitely in convergence right now. Is that number five or six? It's it's five. Five. Yeah. yeah. There we go. See, five. Right at the and end, number six. They, number six. They call it an afterglow. I think. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah. I, you know. I, I. I think we know what an afterglow is. But convergence is a phase where all the previous seasons converge and come into the most like opportune, most high leverage, most experience. You have the most to offer. It's mentoring. It's apostolic. You know. It's it's all of that. Mm-hmm. So you're it's, clearly there. It's really good too because, uh, you know, you look for those opportunities. And uh, the Holy Spirit brings them. You know, you intersect with people's lives. It's on purpose. It's on assignment. And so I don't really have to strive for it. I don't have to even make appointments, so to speak. You just allow just the Holy Spirit shows to up. create it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we and we really do want to live our days, don't we? Like this is the day the Lord has made. We want to live days of accuracy and alignment with the Father's best activity mm. in our lives. You know, mm. don't we quest for that? Yeah, absolutely. The the accuracy of the of the response, I guess to the Holy Spirit is really predicated upon whether or not you're aware. You have to create an awareness and and really an intentional uh, vision, I, I call it. So you okay. have to look for the Holy Spirit, look for his assignment or his nudging or part of his direction for your life. And one of the things that I like to do in the mornings in my prayer time is not only do I pray in the Holy Spirit for a good good season of time, But prior to that, I ask the Holy Spirit to search the mind of God and to reveal those truths that only he can reveal to my spirit and my spirit to make it known to my natural mind that I might live out daily the wisdom and revelation Uh, of that truth. Come on. Because without that, without the Holy Spirit revealing and prompting and and our mind receiving from our spirit, then really we're kind of out there just a buoy in the middle of the ocean just at every wave, at every wind direction. Yeah. But otherwise, we could really flow in the wisdom and revelation of God on a daily basis and expect it. I love that. I love that. And of course, we have charismatic or Pentecostal roots. I am personally unapologetic about it. I'm unashamed of it, you know. Absolutely. I know some Christians, I don't know why they think that way, but let's just get serious about interpreting the Bible correctly about what it says, if I could say that. But, you know, uh, we need the Holy Spirit. It's not by power or might, right? But by the Holy Spirit, um, we we need that leading of power, don't we? Yeah, it's the the might of God expressed in the weakness of man. Hmm. And I experienced that, you know, in 2018. And maybe we could talk about that. Maybe not. But anyway, it's it's regards to when you're at your lowest point or when you're at your empty point in life, emotionally, uh, when one of your gauges, whether it's physical, spiritual our emotional gauge is running low. Right, right. Right? Kind of Bill Hybels. Uh, yeah, I remember that. that. You remember that? It, what, wherever we're at in those points, it's where the Holy Spirit moves in and fills, fills the void, the emptiness. Yeah. It's sort of like when you're driving your automobile, many people love to, I mean, full to them is quarter tank. They got a quarter tank, they're fine. <laughs> you know, some other people, they're like half a tank and they're getting nervous. I, gotta, I need to go fill up my right, tank. Right. You know? My parents were really funny because my father would fill up the car uh, with gas every Saturday, whether it needed it or not. It wasn't a matter of how much gas was in the tank. It was it was Saturday, and that's what you do okay. on Saturday. It's probably right? a good practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea is you don't want to just down to living on empty. 
or to living on just a fraction of what capacity you could be Absolutely. living Absolutely. And what are those gauges again? It's, it's not just like what we would call quote-unquote spiritual, is it? What's that now? Those five gauges, was it, of, of high Oh, the three, yeah. ga- the three, three gauges, gauges of, yeah, of yes. Bill Hybels. One was your physical gauge. Your physical body. So your... one through ten, if you can kind of like think about, all right, where am I at physically? Am I, am I healthy? Am I sleeping well? Yeah. Am I eating right? right. Am I exercising the on basics, a regular basis? Yeah. You say, well, man, I must be an eight. I'm okay. doing really, really well. However, your emotional gauge at the same time could be very depleted. You're not taking time to replenish your soul. Right. Now, your solical replenishment might be a walk in the park or maybe out by the beach or maybe you want to go r- climb a mountain and it just replenishes you. Sure. And you could be down to a one or two or a three. Right. Spiritually, maybe you're doing very well. You're reading your Bible. You're doing a lot of powerful spiritual disciplines and you're at seven or eight. However, you can still get in trouble because your emotional person is so depleted that you'll make wrong choices. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people get into trouble when they say, well, I'm going to church, I'm reading my Bible, and yet they fell into adultery or they fell into... It's all integrated, you would say. It's all like a holistic approach to to, to our our being. And that's following the Holy Spirit as well, is is not only just to read your Bible and pray uh, to hear the Word of God. Yes, all that's great, and you need to do that, but also to stay emotionally or solically strong yeah mm-hmm. solically strong and physically strong i'm mm-hmm. a real advocate of eating healthy and getting exercise and doing all those things because they work together and it sharpens your hearing and your interfacing with the holy spirit i love that it is all integrated it it surely is and i've gone through experiences where i've been taught through <laughs> through a negative consequence of not, of one of those gauges running too low, like let's say physical, yeah, like not sure. enough sleep, for example. Like I'm I'm learning stuff about sleep now that's scary smart stuff that that if you don't sleep enough or don't get the right kind of sleep, you know what can happen to your body. Um, wow, yeah. So now you were saying something very interesting about in the morning you you actually ask the Holy Spirit to take the the deep things of God or what's in the heart of God, the mind of God for you and reveal it to your spirit, right? Yes. And I think I know the passage you're drawing on. Is it is it First yes. Corinthians two about yes. and, and, and and then you actually go into a time of praying in a heavenly prayer language, right? Absolutely. To to, to sort of water your inner man and, and and allow that download to happen, those mysteries even, right? Absolutely. That's, I call it God tell. I yeah. like the term God tell, you know. Yeah, that's good. Like and and then some have taught that you can actually then pray again in your own language that Lord, show me what I prayed or, or give me an interpretation or give me a sense or, or a mm-hmm. lead on. Mm-hmm. And do you do that too? Or do you, do you believe yeah, that? Yeah, the follow-up to my time of prayer in the Spirit, uh, asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the mind of God yeah. as only He can know. He can only search it. And then following that time, um, I asked the Holy Spirit to give me revelation, understanding, promptings, nudgings, uh, thoughts, direction or assignment for Mm -hmm. that day which i believe is all birthed out of that spiritual interactive time Mm -hmm. and so i'll lay that down on my on my calendar for example i felt maybe impressed to uh uh, to go to a particular park or store or uh to to maybe visit somebody or whatever it might be and and that comes out of that birthing in the morning where 
it directs my steps throughout the day. But not only there, it's throughout the whole day, but it kind of sets the template. Sure. You know, creates a template, I should say. And how important is it for you, like, in your actual word time, like reading the word or studying the word deeply or just reading it widely, however you may do it, uh, how, how important is the word to sort of condition our inner, our inner tuning for it to pick up, you know, the voice of God, the signature voice of God? Yeah, the Word of God is the voice of God, actually. You know, John 6, 63 is my words are spirit in their life. Mm-hmm. So this, you're interacting with the spirit when you're in the Word. And when the Word is in you, you are really digesting, if you will, the Holy Spirit. But what I do, uh, and I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to create an app or something for it, but maybe now that I'm saying it, somebody else will do it. But <laughs> You better do it quick. Yeah. What I do is I try to, uh, as I'm reading in the morning, if there's a verse or a statement that stands out to me, I'll take it and I'll put it on my calendar and I'll, I'll schedule it throughout the day. So I schedule a 10, a 12, a 2, okay. a 5, and a 7 with those insights, All right. Um, whatever they might be. And then my, of course, Apple Watch goes off and I look at it and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I read that in the morning. The so insight pops up that pops you up entered? on, my, on you, my calendar. So you type in a in your calendar an insight or something you feel the Lord gave you that morning. Yep. And, and this is a way of keeping it before you throughout the day. And mm-hmm. keeps, yeah. me, keeps it before me. Wow. And, and what I'm able to do then as a result is I'm able to refocus on what was uh, revealed to me that morning. And to then, of course, take inventory to say, what did I do with that? Oh, I don't need to do anything. Our Holy Spirit, do you want to want me to kind of do something about that? Is there something you want me to? Wow, I'm like, that's yes, really good. No, maybe not. If it's not, I let it go and I move on. But I just re- revisit it again. Yeah. But it's a way of keeping me connected to what God shared with me that morning, uh, because all of us get distracted. We do. And there's lots of things going on, and and many of them. By you four don't, o'clock, you, you, it, it could be like, am I a Christian? Yeah, you don't even schedule them. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. No. People schedule stuff. You know, things happen. And, and if you're not careful, you'll drift further and further away. You from really that feel disconnected from that time income. earlier in the yeah. morning that was so good many times. You know, I love it when it's really good. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't always feel super good. You got to be disciplined in, th- in those times too, right? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes it's just like a home run. And then, but, but, but by about four o'clock, it's like you've been ground down by everything you've been doing. And by all the things that have taken place. And there's so many things. It's a great that, idea for an amp. It just doesn't end. Uh, let me let me uh, try to get to my. Uh, this must be will. in part what Jesus meant about the things crowd in, you know, like the parable of the sower, right? The cares of life, and mm-hmm. they crowd in like thorns and just begin to choke the word. If we're not careful, it just chokes yeah, what that's God a gave great you. Analogy. That's exactly what it is. Here's my day this morning, and uh, my 11 o'clock, for example, was show me how you work, God. Show me how you work, okay. Oh God, and. Uh, the other one is uh, at 2 o'clock is mark me with the sign of your love. My 3 o'clock is at the very time God had set. So these may not be complete sentences, but they Just, were meaningful for me. That fragment yeah. was very meaningful. Triggers, yeah. So I would, I would revisit, say, the 11 o'clock. I would revisit, show me how you work, God. Um, that I don't want to rely upon my own ingenuity or my own creative uh, thought processes, but... I want to know how God works. How do you work and uh, mm. put this together? And then let me investigate that. Let me let me experience that. Let me let me uh, understand that. You know. So that's kind of what I do every day. And I love I've been that. doing it now for years. Yeah, yeah, really. I I mean I think that is a a, a great idea for an app. And I've got them listed for the last two years on my calendar. 
four or five of those prompts every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and each one of those prompts is like an icon. You could click on it in your in your spirit, and it can open up into a whole, you Absolutely. know, a whole a whole program or a whole app, if you will, of of insight and application. Like if if I were to came to you today, we just ran into you randomly. Of course, we had a scheduled appointment, but if I was randomly ran into you and I said, Brian, I was just thinking about something. Um, I was wondering how God works. The Lord showed me today is that to investigate how God works. How do you think God works? Man, that would just create a true flow, wouldn't it, between us as far as ideas and thoughts and downloads from the Holy Spirit? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It must be in part what Paul meant when he said pray without ceasing, right? It's, yeah, it's not sure. that we're holed up in our prayer closet all day, yeah. but we move throughout our day in some kind of a spirit of prayer, and, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Sensitivity to the spirit, maybe mm-hmm. saying what Richard Foster calls swishing prayers, you know? Oh, I like that. You're kind of walking through the, we're outside today, a lot of people here, and um, you, you know, the Lord may just, you may see somebody that has a countenance that just, you just want to pray for them. Mm-hmm. Lord bless them. Absolutely. Do you, do you have something, you want me to, even do you want me to say something to them, mm-hmm. right? Um, this is where it gets exciting. Wow. Yeah, it well, really does. I, I, um, I've been hearing you in our pre-conversation, uh, and I love this idea of leveling up or like next level kingdom apprenticeship, you know? I think Dallas Willard says that we're like kingdom apprentices of, of Christ. It's like an apprenticeship where we develop a working a knowledge, a relational knowledge with the mentor, but then, you know, Christ himself in this case, but then a, a working knowledge of how his craft works. Yes. You know, and, yes. and what's on your heart today about this idea of just leveling up and becoming like an artisan, um, a Jesus artisan, if you will. Yeah, that's a great apprenticeship. Yeah. I love that artisan Dallas choice. Willard is the fount of all that yeah uh, but yeah crafting I crafting. mean all, all learning the craft yeah. of the kingdom mm. because a lot of people talk about you know kingdom come thy will be done we want to see God's kingdom on earth but many of us have had no idea of what that is what does it look like yeah how do I respond to it do will I recognize it when I see it but the craft of the kingdom operations yes. I think is really cool those are great words Well, you know, I think it's all about being open and being receptive to encounters, you know, really just encounters with God. Uh, You you think about the the disciples that chose to follow Jesus when he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Right. I believe Jesus spoke that to many others than just those 12, Mm -hmm. but the 12 responded. But Notice they came to the call of God, the, the invitation, and they were followers of the Mosaic Law. They mm. were Jews. They were yeah. Hebrews. Mm. They went to the synagogue. And suddenly now they had to make a choice to follow Jesus. That's why there was only 12. <laughs> you know, not, there were throngs of people ready to follow some yeah. Pers- pers- what did he have? He, he had that 12, then he had the 70. You know, I mean, and just, then there was like the crowd. He seemed to have these concentric circles of like response and 12, the three, expertise. the one. Yeah, yeah, the three. Yeah, Peter, James, and John, right? The three. Right. And, then, and, and then the one, John yeah. himself, right? Yeah, so yeah. There, there, was this, there was this following, but, but to leave what they had known and embrace the person of Jesus. Um, it's sort of like when we got saved. I mean, I can think about it like it was yesterday. 
and I've been saved since 1974. But I left what I had known, and I embraced him, the person of Jesus. Mm, and sure it did. literally began to impact and affect all of that I was at that point yeah. and challenged me piece by piece to be transformed in those areas of my life. Mm. And I have to admit, there was resistance to some of that beckoning for change. I didn't want to change. Certain areas where it took you longer, maybe? Absolutely. <laughs> Still working on it yeah. <laughs> in many cases. But yeah, that, that's exactly what it is. But I think many of us are at that point is that sure the personhood of Christ, the, the centrality of who he is. And, you know, it's the lovers of Jesus. Mm. Um, where I think is emerging on the scene again. And when I got saved back in the 70s, there was a great Jesus movement. I remember that. Out in California. Yeah, Keith Green the, and all yeah. those people, you know, second chapter of Acts, Absolutely. all of that love and, yeah, that intensity. It, it was just, it swept people into the kingdom. Sure did. All because it was the Jesus. It was all about him. Yeah. And we've gone through all kinds of changes and yeah. very good uh, impartations from God and the Holy Spirit leading us. Yeah. But I really do believe there's an emerging of. We may need to weave some Jesus. of this stuff together, don't we? All, all yeah. these seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Get the yeah. best from all of it. Wow. Absolutely. But they didn't stop there. You know, they they were willing to transition from the Mosaic Hebrew to the follower of Christ. But they didn't stop there. They were asked of Jesus to go into the upper room. Mm -hmm. He said, and wait there. Mm. because you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. So like moving beyond like a baptism of just repentance, now he's wanting them to come into a, to a spirit-filled life. To a fullness. Fullness of the, of the Spirit. You know, and I've, I've used those terms so many times in my, my walk with God about being filled with the Spirit, but I'm having a new appreciation for what I believe it is now. Many of us are living empty or void of kingdom concepts or the crafting of the kingdom, and we need to be filled or we need to be introduced or indoctrinated into that craft. Into the craft of the kingdom. Of the kingdom, which is through the Holy Spirit. Kingdom craft. Spell craft with a K. I like putting words together with oh, yeah, K's, like cool. kingdom craft, kingdom conversation, well, 2K. You know, I, I don't know. I but like that. Do you think we're in a, in a season where the Lord is restoring an understanding and a revelation of the kingdom or recapturing because it's frankly when you look at the teachings of Jesus it's amazing I mean someone has said it's amazing how much he talked and practiced the kingdom and how little we do that it's that it's embarrassing well it is very it is very true that's a it's a dichotomy for sure I mean think about it that the craft of the kingdom is really mirroring Jesus which the scripture says simply about him that he did nothing unless he first Father's heard from initiative. his father or the yeah. father gave him the instruction. Right. He didn't speak yeah. anything yep. unless the Father first spoke it to him. Now, I have to tell you, I don't live on that level, but I'm well, we're questing pressing, for it, we? I'm questing yeah. for that level. Yeah. I, wanna, I want to speak his words in every scenario, in every situation. Amen. Our words, we, we need to put value on our words, don't we? Words are powerful. They're containers. We, I mean, we have to believe our words, don't we? I yes. mean, Jesus said that if we believe what we say will happen, then it will happen. Mm. Of course, there's prayer, which is like sourcing that. But so like if we say we're going to be there at six, we shouldn't chronically be there at 630, should we? Oh, no. Because we'll train our inner man yeah. to not believe ourselves. 
Yeah. <laughs> then when it, then when it comes good. time for the mountain, you know, you, you can't believe for that mountain because you can't even get there on time. That, that's so true. These I mean, are basics, basics, right? Basics. These are element, element. Uh, elementary uh, basics. But but you think about it, if we could really uh, dissect a day of Jesus's life for those three and a half years, let's just extract one 24-hour period. Okay. And all of his interaction with every person, all of the disciples, even himself, mm. the scripture says he said nothing but that he first heard it from the Father. Mm. That is a disciplined, spirit-filled life. Would you say that we need to say less, that our words need to be fewer, and the words we do speak need to have a higher value? Well, they're very prophetic. You know, I like what Ken Copeland says. He said, you're the prophet over your own life. Mm -hmm. Instead of looking for a word from somebody else to give you, which is nice when you get those, you know, you can declare and decree yeah. out of your own mouth. Yep. Faith comes by hearing. Right. Hearing by the word of God. And you and I have to speak it in order to hear it. Yep. It's the deepest hearing, I believe. So When it comes yeah, to our mouth. Our words are very, very, very With, with the energy, the prompting and the energy of the spirit. We really need to be seeking the Lord for that, like that kingdom sinking, you know, where mm -hmm. we pick up his voice signature and then speak it from our own mouth. Uh, incredibly important. So you're saying that the early disciples are a pattern for us. We can see like a sequence or a journey that the Lord is taking them through. He's leveling them up from like a baptism of repentance to now the upper room. To the spirit. They, and, they were introduced to the spirit filled life. Yeah. In that upper room yeah it wasn't just an experience of glossolalia or speaking in tongues it was the introduction of the spirit-filled life which this craft of the kingdom in yeah. my mentality and then from there they transitioned because they couldn't stay there that was just the apprenticeship as we were talking earlier yeah and now they became prophetic and apostolic and went into the world and literally acts i think it's chapter five turn the world upside down or really right side up because now they were operating in their craft yeah that's really what apostolic and prophetic to me is yes is operations in the craft of the kingdom which is spirit-filled life yeah based on the premise of the baptism of repentance mm. and willingness to leave what you've known as life being yeah in this so, world. so do we get stuck do some of us get stuck at these at these if we could call them levels or stages or phases, do we get stuck? I mean, do is it possible for somebody to, to come to the Lord authentically born again and, and, and they live in the space of a, of a, of a, of a baptism of repentance their, their entire time on earth? Absolutely. <laughs> and I, then, I, you know, I, they're looking to go to heaven. Yeah, I, I've read a great book. I can't remember the author now, but it's called The Rest of the Gospel. Oh. And it talks about that very thing is that Jesus provided way too much in his uh, salvation message, in his gospel presentation for us to live beneath privilege. Yes. Now you say there's a higher level to live at. Yes, absolutely. Is, is there some sense in which God is calling his, Christ himself is calling his followers to become apostolic, as in the adjective yeah, yeah. Not, not, a, not as a noun. Not right. a card-carrying yeah, yeah, member yeah. of the office of the apostle. And, 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 I, and I know that it, it seems that when the Lord restores anything, there's always some flakery on the edges and the fringes of things, you know, whatever it is, faith or healing. You know, of course. And, and it, I, I think we see that with the prophetic and apostolic too. But is there an authentic restoration of the apostolic today 
And are we all called to be apostolic? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, okay. it is our duty as kingdom-connected people who have learned the craft to turn the world right side up. That's what literally the disciples did. They, they went into a region, they went into a city, and set it in order. Sure did. That's what apostolic does. It, it comes into a region that has need right. of kingdom infiltration. So it's like a penetration of like virgin territory yes. for the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think we could say that's a trait of the apostolic. Absolutely. And, 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 and what other identifier? You could be the apostle of your household. Absolutely. It doesn't <laughs> have to be like a big missionary going into the Congo or something, but it could be the space at a business yes. or in an educational space or your home, as you say, which mm -hmm. it must start there. How about your marriage? Yeah, yeah. How about absolutely. the space of your, that core relationship that's even more important than parenting? But so it penetrates, it brings kingdom design into these spaces. It mm -hmm. sets things in order, as you sets say. Sets it in order is what I believe. I mean, here's how we can get so easily stuck. When you think of the Mount of Transfiguration, um, Jesus was transfigured, the voice from heaven. And what was the first response by the disciples. Yeah. Let's build a monument. Yeah. One for you and one they for Moses. They still thinking like Old Testament or something. Let's stick it's a tabernacles. Let's yeah. stay here. Yeah. Let's, let's hang out here. And so we'll build a cathedral mm. or we'll create a denomination or we'll be the new wave or the new movement in the earth today. This is what God is doing. Well, you know, it might be an aspect of what he is doing, but there is a as a call, a clarion call, to go into the whole world and, and preach this gospel and to create discipleship and to teach people that there is a life in the Spirit that is the God-intended uh, life out of Psalm 139 that he had written in the books, in the books. of our Ooh. soul, if you will. And it's to be read and to be discovered. It is. But unfortunately, many of us are are locked up in building a monument on this Mount of Transfiguration yeah. because it was a great experience. And I'm not discounting experiences. I no, love having experiences. It's what he was doing at that point in time, but it's meant to be on a continuum, right? Absolutely. Of progression and development. Yes, it was absolutely. And it was the intention of that I mean, we could get into a good theological discussion about the Mount of Transfiguration, but that was just a display uh, or an affirmation of God's <laughs> move on the earth and the validation, if you will, yep. of Jesus as the Son of God and really teaching them their craft. Yeah. Later, John got it because he that I've seen, him that I've handled, he says in John 1, right. he said, man, I was there and I saw this. Yeah. I know this to be mm. true. And that's really, I think, the conversion process is kind of conversion light right now. We're, we're having an emotional Ooh. interaction with God. But conversion light. Our depth of our interaction of the Mount of Transfiguration, that experience of John literally changed him to the point Ooh. where he endured such persecution. We'll conversion oil light. Boiled in oil twice, lived through it or something. Okay, man, I, I mean, can't. what a man, huh? Yeah, 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 really. <laughs> Really, man. What a man. I just outlived him on that island of Patmos, and he saw what's coming. I yeah, mean, he, he went to heaven. I he, mean, he saw from heaven's perspective he was, things that, I he mean, was that's an the agent. kind of conversion I want. And that's what he wrote about in his first <laughs> letter, uh, where he My said, goodness. I've touched it, I've handled it, I've seen yeah. it. Yeah, 
And, and, and then he said there in 1 John 1 that we write these things that our joy may be full because we want you, right, to come into this fellowship, this, this partnership with the Trinity and with me, right? Uh, that's apostolic too. I mean, that's the message that's and the it. invitation. That is the message of pulling the in, a, a experience what I've experienced. Yeah, and how many of us, you know, I've used this illustration before. If I were to ask your audience, how many of you actually uh, drive your car on quarter tank or less or on empty? And most people, uh, there would be a number of people that would say, yeah, that's me, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and how many of you actually run out of gas? Well, that's me, ha, ha, I'm a one-eighth man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, that's sort of what we do in our Christian faith. How many of us are walking daily on quarter tank Fumes. or an eighth tank? Or when you could have a capacity to go so much further. And, and we should get the super octane gas, right? Yeah, we Not should. Not the cheap gas. There you go. We're so cheap. <laughs> Look for the cheapest pump. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> Even that's if we're so driving true. an Acura or something and it says yeah. put the premium in, right? Well, you got to believe, you know, you got to raise the bar, so to speak. And I used to teach, uh, and, and it's applicable in many many aspects, but not kingdom. But one of them is your experience first versus uh, your expectation and the distance between the two, you yeah. know. If your expectation and experience is gapped, that's that kind of creates an unhappy life. Disillusionment, yeah. So you either have to lower the expectation or, you know, increase the experience. Or both. <laughs> and, yeah, or both. And it's true in many dimensions, but our expectation for the kingdom ought to be, I mean, we're talking about third heaven level. I mean, we, we ought to be so expectant that God is able and ready to do on behalf of, a, of man in the very simple things every moment of every day. That's how God works. You know, like I was reading my 11 o'clock prompt. How does God work? How does he work? He works. Ooh. He works to manifest himself and to show. To show his him, glory and his, his fame glory, and his name. Which is his. His story. Being, his manifestation, who he is. That's right. It is to show that glory. And it's out of the place, of course, of the cleft of the rock or out of the place of Christ. But when you're in Christ, you're ready and you should expect to see the glory. We get to be swept up into his story Absolutely. and into his glory, right? Yeah, and and I a love part it. of his narrative. I love it. That's our life narrative. That, that should be our quest. Lord, what is my life narrative? Some people, I think the way it's preached sometimes, Pastor Louis, is, is, is that it's like we use a gospel veneer, a conversion light kind of a feel to it that your life can be great and you have a great story and Jesus can help you live that story. And there's not an emphasis. The bar is not high enough. It's not being swept up into his greater narrative. What is that unique niche, you know, subplot? Yes. We're just living too low. We, we think it's just getting a house and getting a car and, you know, it's too low. Very low. And, and we've learned that We've learned that through the behavior of others. We've learned that through the experience that we grow up in, in a church setting, yep. if you will. Yep. And we adapt. We all become like-minded. And so we never experience what it would be like to live one day of your life like Jesus did every day mm. with never doing or saying anything unless you heard it first from the Father. But look what that requires. That requires this setting yourself apart for God. Jesus often would pray through the night. Requires some time, it doesn't it? It would require time, yes, to foster that communication skill. And, yep. you know, most relationships, 
uh, really the hang-up of most relationships and many of the challenges that marriage is communication. Uh, six ways of communicating what I said, what I thought I said, what I wanted to say, what you heard, what you wanted to hear, and what you <laughs> thought you heard. And if I said what I thought I said and you heard what you wanted to hear, we are not communicating. <laughs> so that, that's a stumbling block. And so communication with God is so essential in crafting, learning the craft of the kingdom. And that's through prayer. Yeah. That's through intercession. That's through the word of God, mm. allowing the Holy Spirit to make alive through revelation his truth to our soul. And that takes time. You have to learn yeah. that. I think clarity is a super high value with God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and what would you say for somebody? I mean, we're all born again into sort of a theological system, right? Sort of a church culture, an expression of faith that's become a culture. You yeah, know? It does. Yeah. Where, you know, you know we, we start our first local church experience, let's say. We hear our first initial preaching and teaching and discipleship process in that. In that, in that. And uh, what do you say, though? I mean, like... For example, if somebody's born again into a theological system that says that the spiritual gifts have ceased with the early church, that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not valid for today, that healing really is not to be a major quest today, really everything we're talking about in this conversation, living a higher order, spirit-led life is really, you know, it's more, I don't know, it's more, it's, it's more a baptism of repentance, it's more scholastic and doctrinal and somebody could get entombed in that, you know, mm -hmm. stuck, right? Mm -hmm. What course. would you say to them? Do they have to, as they quest and search, their hunger might drive them to read other books, to hear other streams of teaching. Could they have to move into a new season in their journey spiritually in terms of um, not advocating that somebody leave their church, but yeah, you know I, what I'm would, getting at? Yes, of course. And I, I think I would tell someone, here is what I would recommend you do. You don't have to listen to this teacher or this singer or this particular church podcast. What I want you to do is I would like for you to mirror your life after Jesus. Uh, follow his example. Okay. And do that for a season in your life where you're separated unto righteousness. You're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You're... Um, only doing and, and hearing what the Father speaks. You're waiting on the Lord, the Holy Spirit, to invade your life, like he told the disciples early on. Now, if it burst the church, because many cessationists agree that the encounter in the upper room was the birthing of the New Testament mm -hmm. church, then why don't you go back to the birthplace Mm. And allow that experience to become your experience. Right. Not just to study it historically. Yeah. But allow the Holy Spirit to birth in you that same kingdom uh, mm. filling, that filling of the Spirit's leading in your life. And when you do you're going to begin to make adjustments in your life. You're going to begin seeing life differently. You cannot re continue to respond with hatred in your heart or resentment or bitterness. You cannot mm. continue to uh, limit what God can do when you experience the fullness of God's presence. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't coincide. Yeah. So that's what I would ask people to do and not necessarily go to another church or hear another sermon. Yeah. Uh, That's why you have to find it yourself. I used to tell staff members this and, and I used to still say it to young 
ministers that you must become a very good Christian or you'll never become a good pastor or minister. And, and the facts are that hmm. to become a good Christian is to create spiritual discipline in your life. Yeah. And the spiritual disciplines, uh, great, there's some great writings on spiritual disciplines. It's a lost art in many of them. Silence is a great discipline. Yep. Uh, fasting, etc. But to, to integrate those disciplines in your life on a, on a season of six months time and say, I'm going to take the rest of 2019 and I'm going to pursue these disciplines yeah. in my life. Right. And look for the birthing of my life, yep. just like the birthing of the church back in Acts chapter 2. I want mm. my life to be birthed into this new arena of prophetic and apostolic absolutely a new a new space a new a new territory and don't i think yeah don't think of spiritual disciplines in a legalistic way like a performance mindset or something that we legalistic legalistically have to do yeah or getting god to do twisting his arm yeah no no if i don't eat today you've got to do this because (laughs) i'm i'm really famished here you when are you going to do this so i can eat yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're asking. I'm hungry. Yeah, we're, we're not doing it I for need those this reasons. We're doing it to create awareness to, for us. We're doing, yeah, yeah. I do spiritual disciplines to it, create an awareness of God's presence. Would you say that it, it better positions us? It just places us in a position that tunes us and places us so that we can receive really more from him. Absolutely. It's That's not a legalistic thing, is oh, it? No, no. My experience, for example, in fasting has always been where it places me in a position of receptivity. It sharpens the terminals, if you will. It cleans the terminals. It creates mm. an antennae that yeah. is much more... Much more conducive, man. Hold on the signal. Powerful, yeah. Current. Kingdom currents, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. The frequency thing. Yeah. We get so out of sync. You know, I hate it when I'm out of sync. When I'm out of sync, things don't work as well. No, Nothing works as well. No, they don't. I mean, marriage doesn't work as well when I'm out of sync. It all takes... But when I'm in sync, things are you know, good. You have to be committed from the time your eyes wake um, to the time you lie down at night. You have to be committed to this connected connection to the craft of the kingdom. Yes. And this apprenticeship, as you will, as you said. And to be able to now initiate that in not only your own life, but to uh, release that into those that you intersect with throughout the day. This is just part one of a two-part conversation. In part two, you will hear his testimony, a miraculous testimony of through the power of medicine and more importantly, the power of prayer and the superiority of kingdom reality being laid over the grid, if you will, of a medical approach to being cancer-free today. It's a testimony to the power of the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the power of prayer on behalf of another. In the next episode, you will hear more about kingdom realities, developing a love relationship with King Jesus, and developing a working knowledge of his world, his kingdom. We'll see you next time.